Well, it's good to be here because of the presence of the Lord here. And where he is, it's in manifesting himself, it's always good. And I think that's where we are, without a doubt. I appreciate all the comments that uh, pastors made and how he's leading the services and how the Spirit of God's leading the meeting. I'm sure glad that you're here. And you folk that are visiting, God bless you for coming and helping in the meeting. I've had the privilege to meet some preachers that I have not been able to meet in a number of years because of my wife's health. But she's with Jesus tonight. Has been now for almost a little better than two and a half years. But it's good to see you. And... I appreciate what God's doing in the church here. We really need the Lord. And he's available. And the Lord wants to give revival to every individual that's saved. And he wants to save those that's lost. If you'll come to him, he'll in no wise cast you out. So come to the Lord, I would pray tonight. Now I want to say in the beginning... I'm not going to get no hairy, but I believe I've got something God wants us to get. And sometime during the service, if you feel like while I'm preaching even, that you need to come because you've got a heavy burden, maybe for yourself, or you want to get closer to God, you won't bother me as long as it's in the power and the Spirit of God. We need revival. And you cannot revive sinners. They... Revival is for the saints. But there will never be a revival in the saints that there will not be salvation of sinners. So if you can evangelize, but you may not get any fruit because you don't have power. But if we get revived, we will see fruit. God's proved that through the years. And so I think that it's our responsibility to see where we are. What you have done in preparing for this meeting has been great. And because of what you've done to prepare for the meeting, then when I arrive here, you have made a distance of taking back ground from the devil. And uh, you're moving on for the Lord as a church. But what we need to do is to not stop short. But we need to go all the way with God. I'm preaching tonight on the Spirit-filled life. And I want to begin in reading in Colossians chapter number 3. Once you find your place there, then I... We'll be going to the book of the Ephesians. These are the two sister books in the New Testament. The Old Testament sister book, the Ephesians and Colossians, I guess as well, would be the book of Joshua. So I want us to come and I want us to bow ourselves before the Lord and before his word. If we see revival, this is what we're going out to have. Let the word of Christ 
Well, in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. That's what we need to do. The emphasis has been put on the love of Christ. It's been marvelous because he is God, God is love. He said we ought to admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart unto the Lord. And we did that tonight, didn't we? We sing in grace unto the Lord. Boy, as they were singing those great songs, I looked at them empty crosses up there. And I could see my Lord hanging on those crosses. But he's not there anymore because he's risen. He's at the right hand of the Father, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, he's living in all that's saved. And the Bible said, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Are you really thankful? Am I really thankful? How could we not be thankful when you think about what Jesus has done for us? I think I need to say this, and it's kind of breaking from what I'm saying, but I've been down at the motel there at the church is prepared, and it's been a real good, quiet place. And God has brought me across so many people that work there. That I've, been in, that I've been enabled to talk to about the Lord. I haven't had one of them to resent it in any way because I believe that if God prepares people's hearts, and that's what we need, I believe that it will have effect. One lady saw me walking across. Uh, I was going to get in my car. Sunday morning, and she came where I was, and she said, are you a preacher, are you a pastor? And I said, I am. She said, would you pray for me? God is working, and God is moving. And so our danger is that we go so far, and then we turn back. I wish you'd pray for those people. I'm putting materials in their hand. And I'm praying God's going to work there. We need to get a man. I'm in Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm down in verse number 15. And really the topic here is walk not as fools. That's what it says, and be careful to take in the word of God. You can hear me preach, you can hear anything, but if God's voice don't speak to you through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, then I fail the Lord. See then that you walk circumspectly. To walk circumspectly, he's talking about our walk. It means to walk careful. It means to walk sincerely. It means to walk sober-minded. And the closer we get to God, and the more that we get eternity 
in our mind, the more careful we will be. Not only the more careful, but more sincerity. And then, not only that, but we'll be sober-minded. There's so much foolishness in these days in so-called churches. We don't need a bunch of foolishness. We need God. God is our only hope. I don't know where we are in our nation, but I do know this. Around the world, Christians, and Ambassador David said something about it in the prayer room. Christians are being persecuted more than anything I've ever heard in my lifetime. And I've been here a long time. And we may have already rejected God as a nation in America to the point that God has drawn the red line. God is already chastising the remnant, I believe. And God is judging this nation with in every direction that you want. But if there's any hope for America to turn back to God, it's going to come through the remnant like you folk are here tonight. And if we're going to reach our families, our children, our grandchildren, we're going to have to stop playing church. If we are not praying, we're playing. And if we're not praying, we're straying. We need God. I need God. And I would bless him tonight if he had sweep through this place. And we should see revival. Redeeming the time. Walk. Then walk circumspectly. Watch this statement. This is strong. Not as fools, but as wise. We've had enough of foolishness. We need to walk in the Spirit, fill with the Spirit. We need to obey the Word of God. There can be no revival where there's no obedience to the Word of God. Now, I don't know much, how much time we got, but we've got our orders. And this is it. Redeeming the time. Well, I'm old and about used up, but you're not used up all the way. And there's a lot more in you than you think there is. Redeeming the times. You need to redeem the times. I need to redeem the times. We need to be redeeming the times every day. You need to get up every day and, and you need to, uh, and I do too, and we need to pray and we need to get with God. We need to read His Word. We need to obey His Word. There's power in prayer. I was laying in my bed probably three or four years ago. Probably four years ago. I had a grandson. His name is Zach. And he was in Iraq and he was on one of those hummies and they would make their circles every day. Make their circles. Many of the men was blown to pieces. Many of them lost their life. I'm going somewhere with this. If you think there's not power in prayer, you better believe there is. God woke me up one morning about 2 o'clock, and 
I had the burden of my life on me. And, it, and I didn't have to ask what it was about. It was about that boy. And I'm telling you, I got out of bed and I got before God and I called on God. And we would talk to him about every two or three weeks he'd be able to call us. And he said, Papa, when he called us next, he said, you know what? He said, we were going around and around. We made these rounds every day. And he said, one day there was an Iraqi came out and said, there's been a bomb out there for the last, I believe he said, three days. And you have crossed it every day. He said, we thought that he was probably lying to us, but we called the bomb squad. And they came. And it was alive. But it did not detonate. Do you know why it did not detonate? God was in the arrangements. God hears and God answers prayer. If you, if you're a praying person, keep it up. Add to it. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. That's, boy, I'll tell you, that's, wherefore be ye not wise. Wherefore be ye not wise. Unwise. Would you be unwise? We're unwise when we don't believe God. If you pray and you don't believe God, you're wearing yourself out. Well, how do I believe God? You believe His Word. You obey His Word. I tell you, when God says it's done, this good is done. Amen. Faith is substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders got a good report. And some of you got good reports because you followed that. All right, watch this. Therefore, be you not wise, unwise. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, I'm going to preach on that. I'm going to tell you what the will of God is from the book. What is the will of God? Preacher, verse 18, and a lot of the other book, part of the book, but here we are. Here's the text verse. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on being not drunk with wine, but I'm going to tell you something. Anybody that's promoting drunkenness or ground drinking as a Christian or as a preacher, I have no confidence in that. There's nothing a Bible and they take something and try to twist the Bible where they can see them. That's ungodly. It's wrecking our nation. It's wrecking our homes. It's wrecking our government. It's wrecking our churches across the land. What people need to do, they need to repent in it probably. A lot of them repenting, my brethren. My preacher brother, and I love you, we need to repent of anything that God would show us we need to repent. So I might get back to that a little bit, but I'm interested in the fact, you know, drunk with wine when it says, but here's a command. Be filled with the Spirit. Now that's a command. That's not a suggestion. And if 
And if you don't believe in being filled with the Spirit, it don't change the Bible. It just makes you an unbeliever. Isn't that right? I mean, that's what the Bible said. Well, I'd like to read you the Greek. I'd like to read you the Greek too. Okay? Be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, you can twist that any way you want to, but that's what he said and that's what he meant. Now, let's go back a little. Let's go back just a little bit. When you get saved, if you're saved, God the Holy Spirit convicts you, God the Holy Spirit draws you, and God the Holy Spirit enables you to repent of your sins and turn from sin. And God the Holy Spirit gives you grace through faith to trust the risen Christ. And if that takes place in you, you've been regenerated. You've been born again. You have been indwelled by the person of God himself in the power of the Holy Ghost. The Lord Jesus Christ lives in you. Do you think that's a small matter? Not at all. Hallelujah. Make us all praise God. I'm telling you folks, when the Lord saved you, He did it all. For by grace are you saved through faith. And this was a thing that bothered me, and this is a thing that might have completely kept me from believing, but I was trying to save myself. You cannot save yourself. But you can come to Jesus, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, because there's no other name given under heaven whereby you must be saved. And I don't care what Oprah said. She said, I read what she said, and she said there's many ways to heaven. There's just not one. I'm going to tell you, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man comes to the Father except he comes by me. So God sealed us. I'm sealed. Ready to be delivered, and you are too, if you say. But a lot of times we don't grow. We don't grow and don't read the Bible. Read we don't grow, we don't pray. Reason we don't grow, we don't obey the Bible when we do read the Bible. And there are people that I believe are saved. And they are shipwrecked because they did not go on with God. Are you going on with God? You know what? Tonight, and I don't mean this in a bad spirit. I hope you take it in the spirit I'm saying it. There's people in this building right now that you believe and you'd never fight it. I think I said this last night. You would never fight your pastor if he said, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You'd say, I believe that. But I want to ask you this. When did God fill you? Now, there's three schools to what I'm about to preach. One school believes that you're filled when you're saved. Well, preacher... Do you believe we got all of the Holy Ghost when we got saved? 
as a person of the Holy Ghost, you got every bit of him because he's a person. And you don't get part of him and go back and get later. It's like when I went my, after my wife, some of them said, you know, there's going to be a split rapture, but I went over and got her from her dad's house back in them days. And we, we went and got married. I didn't get part of her and then go back later. And when Jesus comes, he's not going to leave part of us here. He's going to come and get all that's born. Hallelujah. That's all right, isn't it? Somebody said you get beside yourself. You can't get beside yourself about a God that's done what our God has done. My goodness, you're dead and you need to do something about it. Oh, my. Yes, sir. So... And I know this. They said, a lot of folks said, well, I don't like to hear about them experiences. Reason they don't, they probably haven't had one. Now, I had an experience of grace in March 1957 in a little country church east of Calhoun, Georgia, and I got born of the Spirit of God. And I'm as saved as I'll ever be. And you are too if you got born again. Hallelujah to God. I'm glad I got in. I made that profession when I was 10. You young people and older people as well, be careful with just a profession. And I believe it was because that I was trying to save myself. Can't save yourself. You come to Jesus. He'll do the work. I don't know how to get to him. You listen to him when he starts talking. He, the Holy Ghost will get you there. And when he gets done with you, you'll be a new creature. Now, where we are right here in this meeting is here. I started a moment ago. But this is where we are. There are people sitting here tonight. And you believe in the filling of the Spirit of God. But you haven't believed that God wants to feel you. And you're stopping short. When I was saved, God called me to preach in August. I've been preaching this August, this month, 66 years. The preacher taught me to pray. Thank God any man is pastoring a church and he don't teach his people to pray and he don't teach the young preachers to pray. I'm telling you, he is failing God. If you teach one man to pray, it'll probably be better than you teach 20 to preach. If you don't pray, you're not worth nothing no way. Amen, brother and sisters. Isn't that right? So I moved along, and God put me in his, getting, he had me in school. See, it's good to go to school. Boy, that school God puts you through, there's none like it. And God was getting me ready, and I pastored church. Seven years. Not the same church. God was just showing me what he wanted and what he didn't want. I reckon that was my school. They, the church, first church I pastored, they paid me $35 every two weeks. And I didn't think that was too much, but it brought, brought groceries. And then after I left that and had been in the way for a while, I thought I probably ought to have been paying them. You ever felt that way? God's in this place. God's in this place, and I've got to see him. You know, I've seen God 
some men that was filled with the Holy Ghost in this preaching. And, and I was preaching, but it didn't seem like much. You know, there was some fruit. It was seemed like easier in those days. And I got, I just got discouraged. And I got to looking. And I got to thinking, there's got to be more to this than this. Have you ever thought about that? Are you discouraged? Are you down and out? Do you know Jesus? I'm telling you, you don't have to stay there. God will give you grace to overcome. We're working not to get victory. We're working from victory if we're working from the risen Christ. So I got invited to go down to Camp Zion in Myrtle, Mississippi to the power conference. I went in... I went in the months of January, they had that power conference. I heard preaching the Lord I'd never heard anything like. Well, I mean, they preached the house down almost, it seemed like. I guess a better way to put it, they preached the paint off of the walls. And God, Holy Ghost, got a hold of me. And I had some habits that most preachers had in those days. And God started, in January, God started cutting off some things. Most people didn't think that there was anything wrong with it. There are a lot of people now. But God thought there's something wrong with it. And he started, and I was seeking him. Seek the Lord while he might be found. Call upon him while he is near. I didn't have but four or five books, but I knew I was called to God. I knew I had the right book. And I got to reading this book on prayer, asking, and receiving. And I said, oh, God, I don't know what I need, but I need something more than what I've got. And I started seeking him in, I, I started seeking him in January, and I sought him in the rest of the months until I got down to the point of August, and we had a two-week meeting. Now we have them short meetings because people quit God somewhere along the journey. And we had a two-week meeting. The first week we preached a week in the daytime and then the rest of the time, and God was saving people everywhere. And he was dealing with me, and I was getting up at four in the morning, and I was going up to that church, and I was talking to God, and I was trying to get thoroughly right with God. And I said, Lord, I know there's something called the fullness of the Spirit. I don't know all the body, but I want it. I don't care what it means. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and God. I cannot run this thing by myself. That's what's wrong in our church. We about rule the person of the Holy Ghost of God out of our churches and we can go there Sunday after Sunday and Sunday night after Sunday night and Wednesday night after Wednesday night and we're pretty well satisfied and comforted that nothing didn't happen. Y'all still there? Boy, that particular morning when I went up to that church, God did something for me. Oh, you got saved. That's what happened to you. No, I know when I got saved. I know when God called me to preach. The only thing God, he, he called me to plow. I was a farmer, so he called me to plow. But he changed the plow. 
leave home and apply the gospel. Preach the word of God in power. That's what I need. Amen. I love it. I love it. And you know what? This particular day. Now, I'm really careful right here because if you talk about experience, be careful even in your salvation sometimes. Somebody may think, I can't get saved unless I go that way. If you talk about being filled with the Spirit, you know, you have to be careful unless somebody thinks, you know, if I'd have been in position, I could probably, uh, you know, got there less time. But I don't know where you are in this meeting, but God really wants to bring you along. He'd like you to really get in the land where the milk and honey is flowing. Canaan land. That's what you need to get to. Well, I thought that was heaven. No, that's where we fight the battles. That's where we win the victories. That's the place of the Spirit for a life. And so we just kind of crawl up if we're not careful in the corner. And, well, it's so bad. God can't do anything. Look what's going on in Washington. Look what's going on in our community. Well, I'm going to tell you something. They are no match for God. These people out here is carrying on and doing all the things they're doing. They are no match for God. The devil really is no match for God. Places I'm going, most folks give more credit to the devil than they do Jesus. We got a real devil, but he's no match for the risen Lord Jesus Christ. I love it. I'm telling you, God is so good. God is so good. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We're not drunk with wine. Leave that ground drinking alone. You know, I'm raised up in the country picking cotton. I'm a Tennessee boy now, but I was a Georgia boy picking cotton and raising corn. And I want you to know Back in those days, we worked hard, and I'm trying to go somewhere with this to bring us to the place that we need to be brought to. But if we don't move on, church, in this meeting, it's going to be sad for this church. You're moving. I believe you won't revive. I believe you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you may have to go home. And God may fill you at home with the Holy Spirit. But there is a filling for service. You see, you're in well to know Him. You You study the Bible and then you're filled with power and anointing for service. A man that's not filled with the Spirit can give a good sermon. But it's born in the head and it will not touch the heart. But a man that studies the word and prays and works with God and is filled with the Holy Ghost and God has given me some anointing while I've been here but without the anointing of God it falls to nothing. Without the fullness of the Spirit of God my brother got saved just right before he got saved. He was lost without God, and he told me, he said, well, I could prepare a sermon and give sermons like a lot of people do. 
I didn't argue with him. I think a lot of them is doing that that don't even know God. We only have to just be face up to it. Face up to it. Just get right where we need. So, I know I'm moving slow, but I've got a good excuse. You figure that one out. Okay. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Are you interested? Do you really believe you can be filled? Do you believe the Bible teaches you can be filled? Has God ever filled you? Have you ever asked him? Well, how do you get filled? Same way you got saved. You do it by faith. You can't work it down. We're in the church age. We're not only in the church age, we're in the spirit age. And I'm not talking about them spirits that they drink and them spirits that they're trying to use all of this, uh, this health and wealth gospel. I talked to a woman this week, and she said, I used to go to church, but where I've been going, it's always health and wealth. We got the health and we got the wealth, but a lot of it's on the other side. Is that right? This health and wealth gospel, I'm telling you, I'm like one old preacher said, and I, and I tell you, he said, I'd rather be 40 miles from water than choked on peanut butter. To be in some of these dead yeah. Well, preacher, don't you know the Lord's going to come? And don't you know that the Lord's going to come and get us out of this mess? No, I don't know that. Right at this time, we may be in jail. They are killing them everywhere. Brother Leon knows about that down there where he's working in Mexico. They mentioned in the prayer room tonight. There, it's coming. Our way if God don't deliver this nation. And I'm going to tell you, I believe in good, strong, godly government. God ordained that. But this corruption that we've got and people that's in high places is doing everything they can to shut the doors of this church. And doing everything they can to shut the door. In your church. And Eliezer's back there. And they're killing them by the hundreds and the thousands in India. They're killing them in China. And we're moving up to China and kissing them on their cheeks. Where they can bring us to our knees and make communists out of us. We must be filled with the Holy Ghost. We must go on. God is still saving some folks. But you know, why God's still saving some folks, there's still some people that's preaching it right, living it right, and some churches that believe what's being preached, and God is working in spite of the devil. Don't give up on the Lord. Don't give up on Jesus. Do you realize he got out of that grave? He stood up. Out of that tomb, he stood up. My loved ones and the people I pastored there in Kingston, Tennessee at the great side. And my wife that we put down in that casket and under the dirt. I go over there and look out across that place. Girls, I'm telling you, it's real. Young man, it's real. Moms and dads, it's real. 
This thing was not done in a corner. One of these days, Jesus is going to come, and I might be standing there at that grave where I am or not. They're going to stand up. And that's the kind of God we serve. Don't give the devil all the credit. Now he's mad right now, and he's, and you just don't, you know, just get ready. He'll try to attack you. But just recognize the source. He's a liar. He's a murderer. He's behind all these babies we're killing. This nation's killing. I don't know that there's any way to repent of all the babies. That we've killed. I believe we're going to see bloodshed. We probably very well, if the communists have their way and the dictators have their way, that's in our government, we're going to be going through a famine. Make America great again. I love America. But the things that's made America great again, a lot of folks think, is nothing but drugs, Liquor beer in British refrigerators. I'm not for that. But I am for repentance toward God, faith in Jesus Christ. Preacher, you and alarmist. No, I'm preaching for God. I'm alarmed, that's right. We better find ourselves some altars. And we better find them in our churches. People where I go, they stand and look at altars and think, what's the use of that? Do you have an altar at home? Are you really praying? What about them grandkids? What about them little great-grandkids? I got seven of them. I got seven grandchildren and the siblings. What if they don't know God? What if they've just got a little profession? What about you? I'm hearing men. I heard it in the prayer room. I hear it from the pastor. Lord, pray for my children. Pray for my grandchildren. America's sick on making money. Money. Comfort. I remember. I don't have to take you all the way back to Adam. But I remember when I didn't even know what our condition was. But you know what? I knew there's a God in heaven. And I knew that he could turn the air on or turn the heat on. And the heat's on now. I'm talking about the spiritual battles we're in. The heat's on. Preacher, I tell you, you've hammered this enough. I'm going to keep hammering until the preacher tells me it's time for me to leave as God leads me. That's all right, isn't it? Filled with the Holy Spirit. What will happen? The Spirit-filled life is a holy life. You live holy. One of the things that God does in the Ephesian letter, in chapters 1 through 3, He tells us the wealth we got in Jesus. If you ever find that out, you might be ready then for chapter 4. Because when you get to chapter 4, He talks about sanctification. He talks about your walk. That means that let me make this statement. Are you listening? There's nothing in life, nothing in life, nothing in life. Now, you'll be able to res- feel your responsibilities, but there's nothing in life that's more important 
than knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and putting him first, giving him the preeminence. We used to see that. But now we just want to make kind of a contribution. You older folks like myself, if anybody's praying, we ought to be praying. Do you need to repent of some stuff? Do you really need to get broke? I've been praying, search me, oh God. I really appreciated that number our brother seen last night. Search me, oh God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Am I really dead to myself all the way? And you know what? If you'll do that, you might get a surprise. I believe that's, we're going to have to be clean. We're going to have to, you can't live holy without God. You can't, you cannot live the Christian life if Jesus is not in you. Some of the most miserable people that's on the earth are people that's made a profession of faith and they're trying to live for God and they never did get born again. You cannot do it. The only way you can live for God, you have to be born again. God has to be in you and the power of the Holy Spirit of God, and you follow his word. And we don't do that. We're playing church. We need the power of God. We need to be, like Luke said in Luke 24, and down in 49, we need to be clothed upon. Go ye and tarry in Jerusalem until you be in with power from on high. We need the endowment of power. We need to do like Acts 1.8. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses. It'll just automatically happen. If you really got, if you're full of God, you can't help but tell people about him. I talked to a girl this morning. She said, I'm a Catholic. I said, I'm so disappointed in them. I said, well, now I don't like to just tack religion, but I can understand why you are disappointed in them. I'd be disappointed in them, too. You can't pray people out of purgatory. There's no such place. And she said, well, some folks didn't let you know they got divorced, and then uh, they wanted to get married, and so they said, well, you'll have to wait five years, and you'll have to do certain things before you get married again. Good old religion. I'm not, I mean, I'm not supporting that. I'm going somewhere with this. But she said, i tell you what you can do. They said, you can do this. If you'll give us $10,000, we can get it done right quick. I tell you, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give out thee in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You're not drunk in wine, where it says? If the Holy Ghost come on you, you shall be witness unto me. In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost part. I like missions. I love it. And then you'll have boldness if you get filled. They did in the book of Acts in chapter 4. They didn't know what to do with those fellows. I mean, 3,000 got saved and things were happening. And they looked at them and they said, i tell you what's going on. Those men, you know, they are ignorant and unlearned. They don't know hardly what they're doing. But I'll tell you one thing about them. They've been with Jesus. Now, what you think is the best? Look into the Pope or look into Jesus? What do you think is looking the best? Being going to a church that is all entertainment, entertainment, entertainment. 
Why don't you just go on down to the moving picture show and support Hollywood all the way and forget about that mess until you really want to get saved. Am I overrunning the thing? I'm telling you, God's stirring my heart. I'm telling you, praise God. They said, and they prayed. They prayed. And Acts, you know what happened when they prayed? They had joy. According to what Luke said, chapter 24, when they prayed, they had boldness. Somebody said, how you preach so bold? Well, people have been praying. Y'all been praying. People here, most of the people here tonight, I don't know who all's here, don't know what condition your heart's in, but most people here tonight, they don't mind you preaching it straight. They want it that way. This pastor wants it that way. And so there'll be joy. There will only be joy, but there'll be praise. Now, I just about got beside myself last night. I really did. And you know what? I went to the room. If you think that bothered me, I didn't even have a half of a baby aspirin that I had to take to settle myself down where I'd go to sleep. I'm telling you, God's so good, it's wonderful. <laughs> Hallelujah to God, I love him. Ephesians 5, 19 through 20. And you know what? When you get filled with the Spirit, you'll submit. You'll submit, you'll put it all on the altar, you won't hold nothing back. We don't mind to make a contribution. But we don't want to turn, and I'm, I'm finishing now. The, our problem is we don't want to turn the keys over to a spirit, which is the spirit of God. We don't want to turn our spirit over him, but we want our, we want the control. Isn't that right? Is that right? We want control. We don't want to turn our body over to Christ because he would probably tell us that we need to straighten some things up. It won't be probably he will. He will. But the thing about it is, is is it worth it for Jesus? Is it worth it for your grandchildren, my grandchildren? Is it worth it for the church that we pastor? Is it worth it, church folks, that you get your family in? I mean, you give them your body. You give them your mind. You don't fill it with all this junk. One reason we are not reaching people, the devil has filled their minds, and we're going to have to pray that God will break this and believe the word. You may leave here tonight, or you may want to get down here in this altar and spend some time. Well, if I come, can you tell me that the Lord will fill me with the Spirit? I'll tell you, God will bring you as far as you want to go. You may not get it done tonight. You may not get it done next week. But if you walk with God, you'll be glad you did. And if you don't believe it, then you're headed for shipwreck. Even if you know God, you're headed for a mess. Oh, isn't that awful? Yes. So, I've delivered my soul for this hour. I want us to stand.